Welcome to the Jump Around with Blake Dudonis, my podcast on women's basketball. We continue our journey in the Pac-12 today with Washington head coach Jody Wim. Jody is entering her second year at Washington after a really successful eight-year run at Long Beach State that uh, saw her lead that Long Beach State team to the first NCAA tournament in over 20 years. Uh, they won 69 games in her last three seasons, and she took over a Washington team that is in rebuild. Now, look, if you haven't been paying attention, yeah, they had a really great three-year run, including a Final Four with Kelsey Plum being there. But when Jody took over this program, everyone was gone. Uh, the cupboard was bare. There was not a lot of players left, and the ones that were left didn't have much experience. So this was always going to be a rebuild job. So we'll talk to her about that. We'll talk to her about the struggle going from a successful program in Long Beach to last year where they only won seven games, Washington did, and, and won one Pac-12 game. I want to talk to her about what that process looks like, uh, the difficulty of it. We'll also talk to her a little bit about her personal background, her family background, what she envisions for this team moving forward, and just uh, learn a little bit more about her and this Huskies program. So we'll get Jody on the phone and get right to it. This is The Jumper. Hey guys, it's Blake. Apologies for this weird aside, but I needed to let you know ahead of time that we had an issue with audio. I'm not sure what happened, but my microphone just was not up to snuff today. Listening back to my conversation with Jody, something went wrong. I'm not sure what it was. I haven't had this problem before, and as you can hear now, I'm speaking clearly. You can hear me fine. It's fixed, but for whatever reason, uh, it was messed up during our talk and was not able to to notice that until listening back. So uh, I just want to apologize for that. I have gone in and adjusted the knobs as much as I possibly can to make it as listenable as possible. So I hope it doesn't deter you from listening to the interview because Jody was great and we had a great conversation. If you've never listened to an episode of The Jump Around before, I hope this does not deter you. You can go back to previous episodes and and I there's plenty of proof that the audio is always great. But just wanted to get out ahead of the episode and say I'm sorry. Um, I will say that the audio is worse when I'm talking than when she is. So if you can get through my shaky sounding questions and just get to when Jody talks, I think you'll find that it, it is passable. But uh, I just wanted to apologize to Jody, apologize to you, the listener. Obviously, my standards for this podcast are much higher than that. I've, I've met those every time. But for whatever reason, something went wrong. I did my best and I hope you'll still listen. So we'll get to the interview. Thanks so much. to jump around and joining me as promised it is Washington head coach Jody Wynn coach thanks so much for taking some time out of your schedule I know this is the the time of the year everyone's been itching for but is ready to go and I know you guys are are ready to go but I uh, I'm certainly excited to have you on before we get into your Washington team though uh, I want to go back a little bit with you you're you're a west coast girl you've been there for so long and it's so funny how this basketball world seems to be so small, and I know for you, uh, your former high school coach is one of your main competitions now in the Pac-12 with Mark yeah. Track at USC. Do you have moments uh, often that you're like, man, this this business, this world is just so so bizarrely small? Yeah, absolutely. Well, first of all, thank you for having me on uh, today, Blake. But you're absolutely right. It's just a a very small community in the grand scheme of things and you uh you think it's kind of crazy that uh we're somebody that was 
um, my coach from the time I was 10 years old is now um, somebody I'm coaching against on a very regular basis. So it's pretty, it's pretty bizarre. <laughs> well, with with you being here now uh, at, at Washington, uh, I know that when you took the job, you talked about. I mean, you were pretty happy at Long Beach, and you guys had been super successful. Right. I mean, you won 137 games in eight years. Over your last three, you go 69 and 20. You make the tournament for the first time since 92. You almost beat Oregon State in the tournament. You only lost to them by one as a 15 seed. And you, you guys come yeah. and visit Washington and decide, oh, wow, this is actually really, really special. Uh, with you taking that leap of faith, uh, I guess I don't know if that'd be fair to say, but to take – take that right. jump up and you, you struggled year one and you guys had a ton of injuries. You're, you really kind of had a, a bear covered was, uh, was there ever a moment where you were, I don't know if scared's the right word, but was there ever a moment of, Oh gosh, like what did we get ourselves into? <laughs> well, I don't know if scared is the right word. Cause I'm always up for challenges. I just, that's just who I am as a person. Um, but I will say it was the hardest year of my life. Um, just moving our family first and foremost out of Southern California uh, for the first time in our lives, both my husband and I um, and all our friends and family, uh, leaving them to come to the unknown. Um, But it was a decision that was pretty calculated in the sense that uh, we weren't just going to to leave and go anywhere. Long Beach was our home. Um, Our friends were our family there. And... uh, you know, we could have probably stayed for a really long time. So to make that transition or to, to just leave in general, it had to be the right fit and the right place. And uh, we kind of knew what we were getting ourselves into, but it was uh, it was certainly tough when 90% of our scoring had, had departed uh, the program and uh, we were virtually taking over almost a, a program with – I mean, they were upperclassmen, but it was virtually all freshmen, yeah. you know, and very little, um, if any, Division One experience on the roster. So, you know, to play at to play at the Pac-12 level and the conference that we're in, and against the the programs that are so established, um, you know, is it certainly a challenge. And I, I wanted to ask you about this because you, you hit on it. It's for me. I always say. You know, if, if I'm a coach and I'm taking over a program, I'd rather take over the team that went, you know, 0-30 instead of the team that went 30-0 because the expectations are there. And anyone who's not paying attention, um, they would say, oh, Washington went to a Final Four. They went to a Sweet 16. They had the best, you know, three-year run in their program's history. And then you take over, and, and you know, last year was, was difficult. And, again, if someone wasn't paying attention, they'd be like, oh, wow, you know, what a step back. But – to those who are paying attention, they, they know yeah. the kind of the hand you were dealt. I wonder if you faced uh, any issues in that regard with, you know, recruiting or just in general people going, oh, wow, they were really good. Now they're not anymore. Um, I don't know if you ran into any of that or not. Well, certainly the people that understand uh, women's basketball and support our program within our athletic community um, and also directly in our department know exactly what has transpired over the last year. And so um, I have gotten unbelievable support in regards to our support, our, you know, our fans, our supporters, the, the messages, the emails, um, everything that I've received last year was nothing but positive. It's just, you know, you run into a few maybe 
not so basketball savvy people every once in a while and you know you kind of just have to take it with a grain of salt you know I'm not doing this to please them I'm doing this to empower young women and uh you know you're always going to run into some people that aren't you know that maybe be a little bit more ignorant to uh what was what was going on here and and what was what was needed to build this program back up to the level that it was certainly was Sure. Uh, I know you've talked about this before, but when you guys first moved and you were looking at new homes, I, I know you talked about the the shock of the, the housing market in Seattle and just yeah. what it costs to, to get a house. Was that was that the biggest was that the biggest thing outside of basketball that was like, oh, my gosh, what are, what's going on here? <laughs> it wasn't the biggest thing because I, I certainly came from a place in Southern California where a sticker shock did not surprise me. Um, but I will say that I was just a little taken aback because I didn't realize, um, you know, really how innovative and progressive our city was and to be able to, uh, move here at that time with the influx of Microsoft and Amazon and Google, it was, uh, certainly a challenge to find the right home for our family, but, uh, nonetheless we did and we're very happy with where we are. Yeah, yeah, for sure. What, um... I know for a while you you had your your kids were still back in California. Um, yeah, and I feel like a lot of times we lose sight as people of of hey these coaches are actual human beings with lives as well. Uh, was it difficult at first, kind of being separated like that? Because I know you guys were going back and forth for a while. How how difficult right. was that for you guys? It, it was hard. Um, you know, you're absolutely right. I mean it's kind of like when I was young, I thought my teachers lived in the classroom and they never went home. Right. So, and, and your coaches just kind of live at, at, you know, at your school. So, but, uh, we, we did, we had two girls who were back in school in Southern California and we, um, weren't going to transition them up here, um, for a month and a half of school. It just didn't make any sense. So Derek stayed back for the most part with them. I, uh, I took upon a, a greater challenge, and every Monday I would drop them off at school back home, back in Southern California uh, at their home school, and uh, go right to the airport and fly up to Seattle on get in uh, mid, uh, late morning, uh, early afternoon here into Seattle, be here for our workouts, be in the office all day, all evening, uh, sleep in a nearby hotel. And then on Friday, after morning workouts, I would fly home and land in time to race to school to pick up the girls from school when they got out of school on Friday afternoon and be turn my mom hat on and be mom from Friday afternoon <laughs> through the weekend until Monday morning came and dropped it back off at school Monday morning and did it all over again. So okay. certainly a challenge. Yeah, <laughs> um, We did that from mid-April till mid-June, the third week, I think, of wow. June is yeah. when they got out of school, That's so tough. it was definitely a challenge, but um, but it was also a good time because I was able to be up here um, and, and kind of not have those distractions, if you will. I don't know if your kids are really distractions, <laughs> but, but not have the other challenges of... Yeah. Uh, of just trying to to be mom as well during the week. Sure, yeah. Those those late night hour office hours don't feel quite as bad. Like if you're if you don't feel right. guilty not getting back home. Yeah, no, I understand for sure. Right, and I didn't have anywhere to go. I mean, our ho- a hotel, you know, an empty hotel room. So I pretty much stayed in the office till yeah. the wee hours of the morning before I decided to maybe 
get a couple hours of shut eye. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you you might not even say it if you feel this way, but when you take over a program and and you're you're doing the rebuilding thing, it seems like all the talk is is there's a like a line of negativity in there because it's just like or sadness or it's just like hey you guys aren't that good right now you're rebuilding what is something about seattle about washington that's been a positive that's maybe surprised you that you weren't anticipating let's talk about some good stuff some happy things yeah i mean <laughs> certainly i think uh <laughs> i think that uh the athletic department and the just the the women's basketball community here within the city of seattle is very very supportive of women's basketball i mean they love women's basketball here and so that's been just an amazing feeling when people just have your back they want you to succeed they want to help you um and that's from everybody here in the athletic department as well as like all our supporters they really really care about women's basketball and they're not critical you know, as, as you know, as sometimes I would think that there'd be a lot of like naysayers out there, but they're just very supportive. And those that um, watched our games on TV and and saw our games understood, um, you know, how hard our team was working uh, to beat in games, and you know, had fighting chances to win a lot of those games this year. And so I just think, to me, that's been. Um, the biggest blessing is that we're in a place that really, truly cares about women's basketball, wants it to be successful, um, you know, wants to put butts in the seats and, uh, and you know, really take this program back to the top, you yeah. know, and, and help in any way that they can. Yeah. Uh, this is your second stint in the Pac-12, obviously first as a head coach. I wonder, with your time as an assistant at USC, what's the differences that you've seen uh, from back then to now? You know, it's been a good chunk of change, and I know the league's changed a lot. What are the biggest differences that you've found? Um, I would have to say just more of the parity within uh, the teams in the conference. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's kind of been a little bit of a, a, a power shift in the Oregon's, Oregon and Oregon State. Um, when I was coaching at USC as an assistant coach under uh, Mark I think, uh, you know, Stanford was obviously the big gun. Uh, you had Arizona State and, uh, you know, Cal. And so I think uh, now that, you know, there's just the power of, you know, having five teams in the Sweet 16 and, you know, six, seven teams getting into the to the NCAA tournament uh, the last few years is it's just there's just more parity there's more balance there's just not a a day off ever and not that there was I think um when I coached at USC I mean Mm -hmm. I think I still am a big believer that anybody can beat anybody on any given night you know and and so I just think now I think that just from top to bottom uh you know the the conference um is just so strong and so talented and it's not just a couple marquee players, but I mean, there's a lot of really good players uh, throughout rosters in our conference. Yeah. Well, let's, let's talk about your roster a little bit. I know it just, it seems like the hits keep on coming, but you lose Natalie Romero to medically retiring Deja Strathers as well. And it just is like, man, you guys just right when you think, Hey, okay, we're going to be all right. They go down. But with that said, you have, Amber Mogoza coming back. She averaged 19 a game last year. Melani Henson's coming back. Talk to us a little bit about the team that you've got on the court this year and how they've looked so far in the preseason. Sure. Um, yeah, it was a little bit of a blow not having uh, a couple bodies that we thought might be able to return to the court. However, 
I mean, we are returning almost 90% of our scoring from last year, and so I guess that's a pretty good thing. Um, you know, we we graduated uh, Mackenzie Weebird, who uh, did a nice job for us. But uh, you know, to have Amber Mokos and Jenna Moser and Milani Henson and Hannah Johnson back with a year under their belt and all the other returners, you know, it's no longer a foreign language that I'm speaking every day, you know, and, and I felt like it was at the beginning of the year last sure. year because I think the systems were just very, very different and so the terminology was different and then you add on to the fact that none of them had any kind of game experience outside of maybe a little bit from Hannah Johnson. So, you know, you had some people emerge like Amber Malgoza, you know, and she joked a lot last year, like, oh, I never played in this arena. This is going to be fun. And so, um, you know, she said, I just, you know, used to come and just sit on the bench and chair. It was just, I, you know, she appreciated watching really high quality basketball as a freshman uh, from the bench. And so uh, now she, you know, last year she just relished in the opportunity to actually get out there and compete. She's such a competitor. Um, you know, here's a kid that was like a all-star BMX racer and just, you know, she just is a competitor in every aspect of compete. And and then you have a player like Jenna Moser emerge from being a walk-on to our only player on our roster last year that started all, you know, every game of the year. So all 30 games and so, or average 30 minutes per game. And so it's, it was nice to, um, you know, come into spring workouts this year and build from what we started, um, or where we left at the end of the season, you know, and not, and not feeling like we had to start from scratch. Sure. And, um, you know, the players are uh, much more confident due to that experience, you know. And so every practice um, isn't the unknown any longer. It's, it, there's a lot of confidence. And so that – and then that turns into a lot, of, lot more camaraderie amongst the, you know, the players and the coaches. And um, it's not like we're just kind of – talking at them every single day and mm. they're really understanding the system and they're able to actually uh teach uh our three freshmen right now which is just so so fun to watch yeah what was the end of last year and forgive me for being a downer again but you guys go uh 117 in the pack 12 you end the season on an 11 game streak i just i wonder for people who haven't been i used to coach as well so i've i've been on mm-hmm. I've been on yeah. longer losing streaks than that, actually. So I feel you. Uh, but for people that aren't in practice every day and aren't, you know, looking at the preparation every day, I wonder if you could discuss a little bit just about because I know it's tough and I know it's difficult in the midst of that. And I think it's sometimes people almost think, well, oh, they're not trying as hard. It's like, no, you know, UConn and the worst team in the country are both doing this, pretty much the same things, right? They're they're doing the scout work, they're mm-hmm. doing the practice, they're putting the time in. Mm-hmm. How do you continue to motivate your team despite being in such a, a tough stretch like that? Um, you know, it's first of all, it's a testament to their character that we just didn't quit. You know, and there's just not a there's not a quitting bone in in our coaching staff, and 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 there's certainly not one in in our team and they they wanted to compete and have something to prove for themselves you know and and to make a name for our program and for themselves um but you know last year you know we we pretty much outscored our opponents by three or four points in three quarters um (laughs) of the four quarters throughout conference season and so there was one quarter in nearly every one of our conference games that we just got annihilated and that was by about 15, 16 points. And so, 
we dissected that. We show that um, how we are we're winning three fourths of nearly every single conference game that we played last year. It was just one quarter where we just, yeah. you know. Yeah. turn the lights out if yeah. you will and, and just went to sleep and so um you know that alone kept them fighting and and, and kept them um believing you know that we're right there you know and and i think that you know there was like 11 of our um conference games were around 10 11 12 points or less and so you know we're, we we gave ourselves a fighting chance and i think you know, the, first of all, that's a testament to their their grit. You know, and and we want to be about grit, right? And and that's who we are about heart and hustle. And and you know, our character, you know, shined throughout. And those that you know watched us compete against teams that had six two, six three, six four, six five, six eight, six nine, and we were <laughs> six one at best yeah. and under. You know, I think uh, I think there was only one way to. You know, we were kind of like that annoying gnat that, that these big dogs, if you will, just kind of wanted to just slap us, I think. And so, yeah. you know, but that was that was how we could give ourselves a fighting chance. And, and I think it's just kind of because we had to go through that last year, it's kind of carried on to, you know, you know our our chip, if you will, that we have on our shoulder right now and our grit and our, our growth mindset that we're going through every single day to get better and to um, compete against some of the top teams in the country every single day, not with, not only within our conference but in our non-conference season, and we're just not afraid. Yeah, and just to, to your point, you just go down your schedule last year. You go at Oregon, 12-point game, at uh, or 11-point game, Oregon State, 12-point game, at Cal, 9-point yeah. game. Uh, and you just go down the list, and it, it is you guys were you guys really were right there. Uh, Stanford lost by seven. I mean, yeah, you get yeah. you get three or four more of those to flip, and all of a sudden things are things are looking good. So I'm sure you guys, you know, if you can get them this year, that'd be that'd be great. I want to um, I want to discuss your coaching staff. You sure. Um, you bring them. You bring them all. You bring them all over with you. Um, and yeah, I'm a big believer in loyalty. Yeah, and I just think that you know. I wasn't going to leave them behind just because we were moving on to a Pac-12 school. They they were just as instrumental in turning that Long Beach program around and helping us win a conference championship. Um, you know, and you know they're my right and my left, and so yeah, they we all roll together. Yeah, well, it's interesting because yeah, loyalty and like the other buzzwords in this sport, family, you know, caring for each other. Like we all, everybody says this, but you actually did it. And was, um, was there ever a concern at all? The, the, maybe the lack of, no. Okay. That's great. No, I mean, uh, Derek's coached with me, obviously he's my husband, but we've been together for coaching together for 20 years or more. And so that was obviously, the no-brainer of the group, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, Michelle Agostavo is a Husky. I mean, she 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 played here. She bleeds purple and gold, and she was a great player, you know, a great shooter, a great mind for the game. And, and Paul is uh, somebody we brought in at Long Beach and has been with us four or five years that understands, you know, what we're about, you know, and we're, we really truly love each other. We care about each other, you know, they're like Uncle Paul and Auntie Michelle to <laughs> to our kids and and their brothers and sisters to Derek and I and I mean we love each other and and we care for each other and we believe in each other and 
and to be honest with you, um, they work really, really hard, and they're very, very prideful in um, what they do every single day. So um, it makes it fun when you love each other. And, you know, it, so those hard, hard moments you're able to to get through together. Sure, sure. With you going to year two, and I know it's going to be another step forward, and it's a long climb. If I ask you, what does what does the end of this look like? You know, what does it look like once you you're down the road, you know, five, six, seven, eight, nine years, what, what is it that you're envisioning for your program? Um, that we take Washington back to the final four, that we compete for national championships, that we are a perennial top 25 program. Um, you know, and, and that we do things right, you know, and, um, with high character and that we have a lot of fun doing what we're doing you know it's a it's a it's a sport you know we're not out there um fighting a war right now we're empowering young women to achieve something that maybe they um didn't think that they could initially or uh, just needed a little bit of guidance you know and and to be honest with you for me to um kind of allow the team to have that ownership where they're guiding themselves a little bit out on the court, right? Mm-hmm. And and seeing seeing all the hard work pay off. You know, they work extremely hard. Um, they're very um, prideful in what they do every day and, and really, um, you know, having these, you know, first couple of years of, of players come back and look back and say, wow, I helped get that program right back on the map and where it belongs. And, you know, the city of Seattle really supporting um, women's basketball again. Yeah, that's great. Well, you guys open up November 8th against Cal State Fullerton. A question for you. I have it under pretty good authority that, and you can confirm or deny this, but uh, that when you were coaching at Pepperdine and you guys went to play at Cal State Fullerton, you guys went to your parents' home and that there were pictures of a young Jody Wynn in middle school and high school with some pretty impressive hairdo. Is this true or is this false? <laughs> Well, come on. I think we all had pretty impressive hairdos. I thought we were awesome looking. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I guess there might have been. I had a lot of hair back then, and, and I think big was in. <laughs> I, I understand. I, uh, yeah. I, I used to have an afro, so I get it. I understand. Okay, uh, there you go. Yeah. So, yeah, um, it's always fun to... Uh, to show the the players, you know what once was when you were a player, right? <laughs> and um, I mean, I, I walked their hallways, if you will, and, and understood what it's like to be um, in the grind every day as a student athlete and trying to balance academics and athletics and and road tra- travel and all that kind of stuff. So when we were able to take a team back and and show them a little bit of coach's history, I think it was, you know pretty fun and and you know they they get a they get a kick out of that I, i'm sure you know yeah. making fun of how short the shorts were and Absolutely. how big the hair was for sure yeah i just i really <laughs> just short shorts are back in style now though i should have kept true. them all <laughs> it's true yeah you just get you had to play the long game you just got to hold out a little bit longer and you would have been there uh yeah I just, and i just wanted to flex my my source my source knowledge right there that's that's some deep diving i guess oh that's some deep deep yeah. Deep digging there, just, you got. Just so you know, I, I prepared for this interview. <laughs> uh, uh, I will get you out of here on this one. Uh, I always want to give coaches an opportunity uh, to talk about, and we we have talked about it a bit. But anything that you've maybe left unsaid about your program, uh, that you you know, what's your message? What is it about Washington? You know, why 
why should people watch you guys? Why should people support you through this process? You know, what is it about this Washington program that makes it different than, than any other? Yeah, I, um, I think that first and foremost, that, like I said earlier, I'm here to develop young women and to give them a chance to be successful on the floor. Uh, we're not afraid to play them. You know, and, um, you know, we don't play six, seven bodies. And, you know, I, I feel if you're good enough to earn a scholarship here, you're, you're, you're going to be given an opportunity to. And so um, I think all our players appreciate, um, you know, having that opportunity, whether they um, are a star like Amber Magoza is emerging as, as an incredible star within this conference, or whether they're, you know, just a role player, if you will. They're going to get get a fair chance. And for us to, you know, take care of our backyard within our state, you know, for recruiting rise and and then um, obviously be able to expand nationally and internationally is important. But, uh, you know, I think it's a fun and exciting system. We love to uh, create offense through our defense and turn people over and play with um, incredible effort. And so I think the fans really enjoy and appreciate the system where it's an equal opportunity offensive system and defensively we just really try to get get people to turn the ball over and um, get our opponents a little uncomfortable on the offensive end and, and create some offense through our defense. And hopefully this year we'll be able to convert some of our uh, forced turnovers into actual points and <laughs> and, uh, and and that that certainly will help with the with uh, you know the fighting fighting chance to win games at the end but uh you know i certainly appreciate the opportunity to talk with you blake and i love the little bit of an insight that you had there and that was uh, digging deep but uh you know we're, we're just doing things the right way here and getting really good high character people that want to be a part of a family environment and you know we're going to love them hard and and uh, and hope that they uh you know give out all their effort every single night for the fans to appreciate yeah well uh, as the old adage goes, the best part of being, uh, the best part about a freshman is that they become sophomores, and the best part yes, of taking, an, and the best part of taking a, a a new job is, you know, not year one, but it's going into the year two. So, um, your your track record is is one that proves that you're, when given the time, you get it done. So we certainly uh, will wish you the best of luck, and look forward to seeing you guys continue to to build that program up, and, and really appreciate the time this morning, Coach. Yeah, well, thank you, Blake. I really appreciate the time and uh, looking forward to building this program up myself. Thank you again to Washington head coach Jody Wynn for the time this morning. Uh, thank you for listening. If you're still listening, that means you powered through the sound issues, and I'm greatly appreciative. That won't happen again if it's at all within my control. Thanks for listening to The Jump Around on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play. If you listen on iTunes, if you could leave a rating and a review, that'd be great. But good ones, please. Don't leave bad ones. If you want to leave a bad review, you can actually just open up uh, Microsoft Word on your computer and type it in a document, save it on your desktop, and we'll uh, we'll get get around to calculating those. You can find me on Twitter, always, at Blake Dudonis with your, your comments or your thoughts. And we'll have another episode of The Jump Around coming to you soon. Until then, this is The Jump Around.